what is going on everybody welcome back it is dog talk with your hope your host holden let's try that again glad to have everybody back here again tonight as we get prepared for another episode of dog talk looking forward to getting to it with you guys again like i said they're off the top coming off obviously the big win against tennessee this past weekend preparing for mississippi state this is the mississippi state preview pod that we're getting ready for we got some big games coming up around the country too that we're going to talk a little bit about later on near the end of this episode so make sure you guys stick around for that big games coming up big games coming up three games left in the season it's hard to believe technically i guess four if you count this week four weeks left of the college football season before it's over before it's over every year in the off season we get ready for college football we're all excited. We're fired up. We cannot wait for games to get started. Before you know it, they get started, and before you know it, it's over. Over just that quickly, and it's sad. It's always sad when the end of the year comes because it just, I don't know what it is. It always feels like, I don't know, it just feels like a blink of an eye. I know even in times where Georgia hadn't been playing for national championships, even in times where Georgia's not in a playoff conversation in the years past, it just seemed like a football season was so much slower. But now it just it flies by. Maybe that's just getting older because I know as I've gotten older, it, it, life just flies by. Everything flies by. I got a, I got a youngin that's growing up quick as ever. Uh, it seems like he was born last year, and he's already four going on five. So, uh it's amazing just how fast life happens, but this football season has absolutely flown by, and I can't believe it. Can't believe we are four weeks left in the season, uh, and in four weeks we'll be hoping that Georgia's punched that ticket to the SEC championship game. couple of games left, I believe, this weekend, if I remember correctly, and some of the things that I've been reading. If Georgia can take care of Mississippi State this weekend, regardless of what happens for the rest of the season, you at least lock in that chance to play for the SEC championship on December 3rd in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, so that right now, the first goal right now, I think, is to take care of Mississippi State. The next goal will be taking care of Kentucky. The following will be taking care of Georgia Tech before we get to that point. But again, as we've talked about, we're not the ones on the field, so we get to look forward to what is to come. And if Georgia can take care of Mississippi State this weekend, you punch that ticket to Atlanta coming up on December 3rd. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we're hoping to gain this weekend. Now, moving forward from that, we still want to take care of Kentucky. We still want to take care of Georgia Tech as we move forward as well. Uh, some of the things that I've been reading, if you take that number one spot, you're playing in your backyard in Atlanta as opposed to having to travel all the way to Arizona in that first semifinal playoff game, which, you, again, you still have to take care of business for the rest of this season, but also in the SEC championship game to Make sure that your spot and your ticket is punched at the top of the team, at the top of the rankings. Right now, we talked about this in the past weeks, that rankings don't necessarily matter. They don't matter until the end. They don't matter until you get to the college football playoff selection committee time following the SEC championship game. But this is when, like I said this past week in recording after the Tennessee win, this is when these these rankings start to matter. They start to matter, and that's because if you look back in years past when Georgia has had to travel for some of the games that they've been playing, 
it's been nice to be able to be at home playing in Atlanta in some of those games. You take like the Peach Bowl we played against Cincinnati a couple years ago. It's a bowl game. It's not a college football playoff game, unfortunately. But nonetheless, it was still a game that we wanted to be able to play, and we played in it and got to play in Atlanta. So that was nice being able to play right there in your backyard, and that helped a little bit. Um, and that's what we have an opportunity to do because regardless, you, you're playing. If you can make it to that national championship game, you're headed all the way out west anyways to play that game in L.A. Uh, so – we want to try to take care of business for the rest of this season. Be dominant. Some of the questions that we're going to answer, and I put this up on Twitter. You guys make sure you follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20, was some of the questions that I want to answer tonight and talk about is, what is the standard that Georgia plays up to for the rest of this season? Do we get the Georgia that we saw against Tennessee, and is that going to be the standard moving forward for the rest of the season? Or do we come out a little bit slow? Do we come out, in a sense, some people have even used this word, hungover after a big emotional win against Tennessee this past week? Do they come out a little bit flat against Mississippi State? Uh, it, it is a night game. It's not home. We're headed to Starkville, obviously. It's a night game on the road in the SEC. You've heard Kirby Smart talk about that week in and week out, but especially these past couple of weeks. Playing on the road in the SEC is not an easy task, so that, that is something we are being taken to task on is can we head to Starkville, a loud atmosphere, it is a night game, temperatures plummet at this game. I don't know what it looks like Friday. I know right now if you're in Georgia, you're dealing with a, a tropical storm category, whatever hurricane that came into Florida, and we got a tropical storm that's moving in right now, Thursday and Friday night. So uh, I don't know when the team travels. I don't know if we leave Saturday morning with it being a night game. I don't know if we leave Friday and we get there early. Don't know exactly how that lines up as far as travel goes for the team. It could be enough to where, hey, we've got wet weather all day Friday. There's no point in us trying to do walkthroughs here in Athens. Granted, we do have in, in – I forget now, we've got such nice indoor facilities that maybe they still do that. And they travel either late Friday or, you know, take off Saturday morning uh, heading over to Starkville because it's not that far, not that far away, at least for – uh, an away game, but regardless, temperatures I saw, it's supposed to be rainy on Saturday day, and then temperatures drop down to like 30 degrees. So it's going to be a cold game. This is going to be the first cold game that the dogs have had to endure uh, on the road in an atmosphere. I think Missouri, even the Missouri game, I'm fairly certain that was still a pretty hot game, uh, even though that's a little further up north. So something to keep an eye on, and some of that will determine some of the picks that I have coming up here in just a little bit as well. Weather does play a factor into that. We saw, obviously, what Georgia did to Tennessee uh, in a game where weather started to become an issue in the third quarter. We saw what Georgia did. Georgia held on to the ball as much as they could, ran the ball, ran the clock, 8 clock, and I still see Tennessee fans arguing at the fact that Georgia uh, – I just don't even – I, I give up. I give up on trying to argue with Tennessee fans because why? Why Why do we even do it? There's nothing to argue about anymore. We took care of business. We. The dogs took care of business in that game and uh, incredibly proud of it. We move on. That game, you get to enjoy it for 24 hours. We're going to enjoy it for a lot longer. But it's time to move on to Mississippi State and get ready for the other Bulldogs. So, fun stuff to get to. Breaking down this game that we've got coming up here against Mississippi State. Breaking down the picks, the keys to the game. As we do week in and week out, it took me a little while to finally get the graphics and everything pulled up on here, but I finally got everything loaded in, and it took forever uh, tonight. So regardless, you guys listening on podcasts, wherever you guys are listening or watching on YouTube, you won't know a difference as far as time uh, recording in this. So at least excited about that. So let's go ahead and jump into the keys to this game where we get started against Mississippi State. <laughs> 
So jumping right into it, I'll go ahead and put it up on the screen for you guys here watching on uh, YouTube. Again, if you guys haven't checked out the YouTube channel, make sure you guys check it out on here. The keys to the game in this one, pretty simple, and a lot of this is similar to what it's been in weeks past, but against Mississippi State, offensively starting the ball off, we got to start it all fast. Starting the ball fast and run the ball. I think this is a good opportunity for Georgia to come in this game against Mississippi State and run the football. I don't think Mississippi State is necessarily that great of a rush defense, and I put it to you this way, kind of looking at some of the stats on this. Georgia points per game is putting up 40.1. They're putting up 32.6. We know we're the number one team in the country technically right now, the number two team in the country defensively as far as points allowed per game at 10.8. They're giving up 24 points a game. 24 points a game. We gain five, 500, right at 515 yards a game, and they gain about 406. But everything they gain is through the air. They're gaining 325. We're gaining 320. We're right behind them. Rushing the ball, we're gaining almost 200. They're only getting 80. And here's the big one. Here's the big one. They're giving up 360.8 yards per game defensively. 150 of that is on the ground. 210 is through the air. 210 through the air. So, very well likely that Georgia is able to come in this game, and we should be able to run the ball. I think we can start fast, run the ball, punch them in the mouth early, and the biggest thing offensively, week in and week out, and it may always be a key to the game moving forward because every single week, and I'll give a little bit of slack to this past week after fumbling the ball in the third quarter when the rain started. They fumbled it. We got it. We immediately gave it back to Tennessee in that game. But I, I, I'll give that somewhat – up there. At least Stetson, he did very well protecting the ball in this this past game. But we've got to hold on to the football. We, we have started to fumble every single week. It seems like we put a ball on the ground. One, if not one, two. You know, and it's just, it's starting to get more and more ugly. And turnovers can kill you. Kirby Smart talked about that last week. Luckily, that didn't end up affecting us in the end. But we can't turn the ball over as much as we've been doing. The more and more we keep turning it over, I start to get more and more nervous for these games that you get in against opponents that it can make a big difference. I don't I don't care what the line is necessarily coming into this game. Uh, I think it's like 16. Yeah, it's still sitting at 16 right now. The over-under on this one, 53 and a half. But I don't, I don't really care what that line is. If, if you're going to turn the ball over as much as you are on the road, loud atmosphere, as SEC football, it's hard to win a football game. And, and the spread doesn't matter to Kirby Smart. Spread doesn't matter to these players. What matters to them is winning the football game. But we got to quit turning the football game. we we, we got to quit turning the football over uh, because the more you do that, it's just opportunity for another team uh, to come in here. And this is this is where some of the comparisons line up here. Uh, quarterback there for Mississippi State, he's the big guy, Will Rogers. And I've talked about him for the past couple of years is Will Rogers is a very, very good quarterback. He leads the SEC in passing yards right now and also just broke a bunch of records in the past Week I think I think last week against Auburn he actually broke some of the records that were set I think by Dak Prescott maybe a, maybe a couple of others in the SEC as well um, passing yards leader like touchdown passes some some of that stuff but he's at two nineteen twenty nine twelve excuse me two thousand nine hundred twelve yards this season so far twenty six touchdowns five interceptions Stetson Bennett the long guy right behind I said the long guy there's a lot of guys right behind him but Stetson Bennett is right behind him second passing yards per, let's see, on the season at least, 26.06 is what he's looking at. 11 touchdowns through the air, three interceptions on the season. So Stetson's right there with him. But this is where we start to look at some of the keys on defense, that is, because defending the pass against Will Rogers, right now some of this is, is the same of last week as well, but it's affecting the quarterback. 
I think if you affect the quarterback in this one like we did against Tennessee and have that strong secondary like you see there at the keys to the game on defense, those two things go together. You affect the quarterback and your secondary is elite and stands up and is, is playing strong football, you do a very good job, a very good job. And I've listened to Kirby talk about this, and it's hard to believe as much of an air raid team as Mike Leach's and Mississippi State Bulldogs are, uh, I still am going to put this as a key to the game, and that's stopping the run because I think if you make them one-dimensional, to where they cannot run the football. And again, looking at the stats here in comparison to one of the other, Georgia only giving up 86.4 yards a game defensively running. All they're getting offensively is 80.7. So you can give them everything that they want running the ball, uh, but that's not their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is through the air, 325.6 a game. Georgia only giving up 179.1 through the air. Heck, we're not even giving up that much total yards allowed per game at 265.6. Uh, for Georgia. So biggest thing to me is going to be, hey, if we stop the run, make them one-dimensional and make them try to throw the football while affecting the quarterback and our secondary is playing like it was last week, I don't think Mississippi State stands a chance in this football game. But there again, cold game, night game, on the road, in the SEC, loud environment. You got the cowbells. You got all this, that, and the other. And if you think Sanford Stadium was loud last week, it absolutely was. But I guarantee you, you add these cowbells in the crowd and a team who's coming in here trying to spoil all the riches that you have, being the number one team in the country, they're going to do everything in their power to take you down. And that's week in and week out. From this point forward, any team that you play, any team you play, whether it's on the road, at home, doesn't matter, they're going to do everything in their power to take you out and beat you. So that is that is the keys to the game offensively. We cannot turn the football over. We got to start this football game fast. We got to run the ball because I do think that's a big big part of it. We got to run the football. I think running the football game, you know, run the football. I don't know why I keep saying game, but running the football in this game, uh, I think is is a is a big key. I think we have all the ability in the world to be able to throw the football on them as well. But I still think we have a very good opportunity to be fairly balanced in this game, just like we were last week, run the ball heavily, but we can throw the ball all over the field too. So I'm excited to see what the offense does in this game. Um, and then defensively, again, affect the quarterback, have that strong secondary back there behind them, and make them one-dimensional by stopping the run. And as long as you're affecting the quarterback like we've been doing, I think we're going to be okay. We saw what Auburn was able to do last week and when they started to affect Will Rogers and getting in his face, uh, not as accurate. And all of a sudden, Auburn started to come back in that football game. We saw what we've done to Auburn, and we can't necessarily make the comparison to what Auburn looked like against Mississippi State and what Auburn looked like against us. Because, again, week in and week out, if you make the comparison of one team to another that you're not playing in this situation, it, it, it makes it difficult because you think, okay, this game's going to go exactly the same way. And that's just not football. That's not college football, and we know that. Um, you can take, for example, I really don't have a perfect example looking at it right now of what the differences is in some of these games because there's really not necessarily a like opponent. Uh, Kentucky, we haven't played yet. We're not playing A&M. We haven't played Arkansas this year. We're not playing Alabama. Auburn's the only one. It's a 39-33 to overtime win for Mississippi State game where we beat Auburn 42-10. to so if you come into this game as a 16-point favorite, you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, I think we could get every bit of that 16, if not more. Now, I'm going to tell you my pick coming up here in just a little bit, but I still think this is an opportunity where 
I want to see. I want to see what what standard of Georgia are we getting? Who is the Georgia Bulldog team that's going to come out on the field? Are we getting a Kent State? Are we getting a Missouri? Or has the standard been set after the first week of the college football playoff came out and they stunned us by putting us at third, but it lit a fire under this team? And I really do think it did. I think it lit enough of a fire with Tennessee coming in as the big dog, so to speak, and we humbled them by coming in and taking them out. And that game was dominant from start to finish, especially seeing what the defense did, especially seeing what the offense did in the first half. And everybody that keeps saying, oh, it wasn't that dominant of a game. Yes, it was. With exception to a few of the penalties at the end of the game, four minutes left, five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter, at the end of this football game, we don't make some of the dumb penalties. Face mask is kind of hard to come by when the guy's reaching around grabbing his face mask. Two of those fourth down plays, if we stop them, they don't score in that game. They don't put a touchdown at all on Georgia in that game. This was a dominant game from start to finish, offensively and defensively. The fact that you can hold the ball for nine minutes in an entire quarter and shut another team out from even having an opportunity to get on the field, to get on the board, dominant. Dominant from start to finish. And that's the team that I feel like the standard has been set from that game moving forward. This is the team we should see. And I said this last week. And I still I still believe this because part of me kind of sat back and I wondered, uh, I, I don't know how much I believe it. And I started to think more and more about it. This is what I said last week. We are 10 going on now. I think this is week 11. Week 11 of college football. Yeah. Technically, it's. Yeah, week 11, college football season. In week 11, the teams that you should dominate, you should dominate. This should not be a game where we're playing like we did against Kent State. This should not be a game, even though it's on the road at night, it's tough atmosphere, this shouldn't be a game where we struggle with the Mississippi State. Now, if we get in this game and it's a 24-10 to game at the half, and all of a sudden Georgia starts to step away in the second half, I feel good about that. Just like we had a chokehold on Florida earlier in the season at halftime before Florida started to surge back in that third quarter. And a lot of people said, oh, y'all didn't look very good against Florida. No, we looked great with exception to one quarter of that football game. By the way, by the fourth quarter, Georgia had put another two touchdowns on the board to negate what they put up in the first place. So I don't feel that bad about that game. A lot of people want to point out that, but – I don't feel that way about that. I feel like from this point forward, again, the standard has been set. You play like you did against Tennessee, not necessarily the same scheme. Obviously, teams are different. You have to scheme differently for them. But you play like you did against Tennessee, and I'm going to say this quietly while knocking on wood, Georgia will go back to the national championship. If you play the way that you did against Tennessee, that defense looked better than it did last year in this game. The offense was churning on all cylinders with exception to, and I'm not even going to say with exception to, when when the rain started to fall, we still ran the ball all over Tennessee. Now, we didn't put up 500 yards worth of rushing in this football game, but we still ran the ball down their throat and ate the clock to take all the air out of the game, to take all the momentum from them. Any possibility of them getting momentum was gone. So from this point forward, that standard should be set there. The past five meetings in this game, the last time we saw Mississippi State coming into this game was that COVID year, I think, what, 2020? Yeah, November 21st, 2020. Kind of a strange game, strange game. This was Will Rogers coming out party where he came out 
as a true freshman, also Mike Leach's first season as well, being head coach the Pirate there of Mississippi State. Love that. Just such a fun character to me, Mike Leach is. You can take him for what it, what he is. You can take it however you want, but he's he's funny to listen to. Some of the things he says, a lot of people are like, I don't really know if you should say that. He's just a funny guy. That's all there is to it. Listening to some of the stuff that he says, uh, uh, watching videos of him talking and having interviews, he's just a funny guy to listen to and and. and I look forward to us getting to play him and just listen to what he's got to say in his halftime interview, even a post-game interview, regardless of the outcome of the game. Just a fun and funny guy to uh, to get to play against. But that last meeting was a very strange one. This was a game where JT Daniels actually came in. He was the starter. This was the first opportunity to see JT actually start in a football game late in that season after DeWan Mathis obviously wasn't working. Stetson was working to an extent, but after that Florida game, Things didn't look that good. He was a little beat up. We throw JT in there, and he throws for like over 400 yards. But right on the other side of the football was Will Rogers, who was doing the same thing. He was lighting it up. We end up winning that game 31-24. to Yeah, that's what it is, 31-24. And I think Georgia was favored by a lot in that football game. And it was very tight. I think it was a night game as well there, um, even though it was at home. Just very strange. Very strange. We only end up beating them by a field goal. But then you back up before that, and that was the big game. Mississippi State also came to Georgia there in 2017. This was where we started to wonder, whoa, is Georgia Georgia might be the best team in the country. I don't remember if that was the start of the season. Yes, September 23rd, so that's probably the start of the season, uh, if not second or third game in. But Mississippi State came to Athens as a very highly ranked team and a team a lot of people thought might be running for a playoff chance here. And Georgia waxed them from the beginning. That's the flea flicker Jake Fromm to start the game. 31-3 to dogs throttle them. Before that, you go all the way back to 2011, back in the Aaron Murray days. 24-10, to that's again in Athens. Then we go to Athens again before that, the year before that, when you get Mississippi State beating us. It's kind of strange to look. Four of the five meetings that were in Athens in this meeting, to go back to 2006, Georgia winning in the thriller there, 26, 27 to 24, but we did fall again in that 2010 game, 24 to 12. So the last five meetings, the Dogs are four and one in those meetings. Overall, in the 25 meetings in this game, Georgia leads the series 19 uh, to six. Again, big game. I think this is an opportunity for Georgia to come in and again keep that standard rolling defensively locking teams down, showing you, okay, this is the team. There's a reason we got the number one by ourselves. Last week, you got to play with the chip on your shoulder. You got to play with, they don't think you're number one. Go out there and prove it. You're on your own home field. Go out there and prove it and show teams, okay, this is why Georgia's the number one team in the country. Now you've got that number one ranking unanimously through the country. I don't know that there's anybody in the country other than that one guy that's on Twitter that keeps saying, oh, Ohio State's still the number one team in the country. I don't know who Georgia's played. He may be a troll account, but regardless, Georgia's number one team in the country unanimously. Now it's time to defend it. Just like you've been defending your national title contention from this last year and winning the national championship for the first time in 41 years, you get to defend not only that, the fact that you are defending champions, even though Kirby said it at the beginning of the season, this team is not a champion yet. This team that is on the field for 2022 season is not a champion. They have to go out and earn it and prove it themselves. That's what we're going for. And now you get to defend that number one right next to your name. You got three weeks to do it. Then you go, if you take care of business these three weeks, you'll be in Atlanta in four weeks. You get to defend it again. Who we're going to play, I ain't got a clue. At this point, it's up in the air. It could be LSU. could be Ole Miss. 
if those two teams just crap the bed for the rest of the year, all of a sudden Alabama could come back into the mix if they take care of business. I don't know. There's still a lot that has to be determined in the West. But you can solidify yourself in that East position this weekend by taking care of Mississippi State. No questions asked. You take care of business there. doesn't matter if you lose to Kentucky the week after. Again, we don't want that to happen. We want to take care of business for the rest of the season. But you take care of business this weekend, what, 7 o'clock in Starkville, ESPN, get the nighttime game. You take care of business right there, you're in the SEC championship game, regardless of what happens through the rest of the season in the West. We need to take care of our business. We'll worry about that when that time comes. And it starts 7 o'clock, Starkville, this Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. I've got a feeling Stetson Bennett's going to have a great night. I have a feeling this defense is going to show out. Again, I feel like the standard, I feel like Georgia's going to come out hot and heavy like they're supposed to. I don't think this is going to be a hangover game. I think Georgia's going to be very, very antsy to play football when 7 o'clock rolls around. Kirby talked about this, and I even tweeted this this week. I'm starting to kind of agree with him on the game times because 12 o'clock, when those, when those kicks happen, it's like, whoa, game's already here. Before you know it, you're playing already. 3.30 rolls around, and it's like you start to build some anticipation, just like last week against Tennessee. And by the time the game gets there, it's just enough anticipation where you're like, finally, all right, game time. This 7 o'clock game, man, it feels like you're waiting forever. Is this game ever going to get here? And that's what we've got this weekend, so I think I'm starting to agree with him. I think 3.30 is the best time to play. Uh, now, again, you want to see the lights in Sanford. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Now, if you play at 3.30 at home, that's okay because the sun's going down at 5.30, so you'll have a night game. You'll have a night game by the end of it. Um, but I'm excited for it. Late game, on the road, big atmosphere. I think dogs get it done. 38-10. 38-10 is the pick. I think dogs take care of business pretty easily in this one. Starting hard and heavy. I think we kind of push off. Really, to be honest with you, I think this is like a 35-3 to game in the fourth quarter. And dogs kick a field goal, and they get a touchdown late. A little scrap touchdown late into the game and end up making it a game 38-10. to Not a game, but getting a little bit closer. But that's the pick I've got on it uh, this week. So looking forward to seeing what the dogs do in that matchup. Now, we've got some other big games that are coming up in the country as well, around the country. Looking in the SEC alone, Somewhat of a playoff contention as well as the SEC championship contending team right here. LSU traveling to Arkansas. LSU is ranked seventh in the country coming in here. I didn't even think to pull up uh, the college football playoff poll. Last I checked, it's Georgia at one, Ohio State two. I think Michigan's third. TCU slipping in that four spot. We're going to talk about them a little bit. Five, I believe, is Tennessee followed by Oregon at six. Seven, LSU. I don't remember who's eighth. USC maybe. 9 is Alabama, 10 is Clemson, and 11 is Ole Miss. That's kind of rounding out the top 11 there, if I remember correctly. But LSU and Arkansas are playing. Uh, that one's at, I think, lunchtime. I don't have my times pulled up. It's scrolling across the bottom of the screen, though, if you guys check it out. Um, but LSU, Arkansas. It, it, our, LSU on the road It's like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a very good opportunity for Arkansas to all of a sudden wake up and go, what are we doing? We, this season is not going the way last season went. You were in the top ten. Heck, you were in the top ten at the beginning of this season and lost it all. Everything fell apart in the middle of the season. Now you have an opportunity to pick it up here at the end of the season. Will that start in this LSU game? Oddly enough, just a few weeks ago, and I said this even last year, or last week, excuse me, I don't know why LSU is ranked this high. I don't know why the number team, 10, 10 team in the country when they were playing Alabama last week, I thought they were completely overrated. Shocked me playing Alabama the way they did, but I look back at that Tennessee 
LSU game, I mean, Tennessee rolled over them like it was nothing. So I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens in this game. This is a game to me that LSU is either going to show up and they're going to say, okay, we're, we're seriously going to fight for this SEC West uh, division to go and play Georgia. More than likely, again, Georgia take care of your business. But more than likely, coming in to play Georgia in the SEC championship game, and this goes a long way to show me if this is the team that we're going to have to uh, worry about coming into that game or if this is a team that I just really don't think has the juice. And LSU can come in here and absolutely drop drop the bomb on Arkansas and make everybody go, okay, all of a sudden they've turned some stuff around and they look like a pretty good football team. At the start of the season, we were really not thinking that was going to happen. To be honest with you, through the season I have LSU 7-5, and five, and that's not where they're going to end up unless everything just falls off the train. Here for the next three weeks, that means they got to lose the next three weeks, and losing the next three weeks means they lose at Arkansas, UAB, and at Texas A&M. So there are a couple of tough games in there. Texas A&M is not necessarily a given. I think that they're completely done for the season, but that's just me. Um but LSU has an opportunity to either come in here and, and drop the bomb on Arkansas and say, all right, we're here to play for the SEC West, or Arkansas has the opportunity to stand up and say, all right, it's time for me to start playing football again like we did last season, like we did at the start of the season. So interesting to see what's going to happen with that game. Then we move forward, Texas A&M and Auburn. This is the battle of the bottom of the SEC West right here. you got two three-win teams trying to figure out who's going to do it. Auburn may be a four-win team. I may have that wrong. But trying to figure out who in the world is going to win this football game, who wants it more, I don't know. It's at Auburn, I guess, so that's the only good thing, I guess, for Auburn. This is an opportunity for Cadillac to get a win under his belt as an interim coach for the first time. I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen over there. at Auburn as they move forward. What are they going to do when coaching changes come? Are they going to reach out to somebody else and try to get a Hugh Freeze? Are they going to reach out and maybe call a Dan Mullen? I doubt it, but what's going to happen moving forward with Auburn? That's something I'm curious about, uh, again, just kind of moving forward with them. But this is this bottom of the SEC West. When and you don't finish at the bottom of the SEC West is basically the point of that game to me. But – there's really they're not really playing for a lot over there, no, not a lot to really play for there. But move forward to South Carolina and Florida, it's it's at the swamp. South Carolina's a better football team. I think Florida's favored in this game, but this is an opportunity for South Carolina to come in here and just again get better. They're 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 bowl eligible already. It's an opportunity for South Carolina to come in here and say, okay, I'm tired of Florida. I, I want to keep winning. This this playing around with it. I don't want to do that. So can South Carolina come in here and upset Florida? I don't know. be interesting. This is a battle of the middle of the SEC East. So, again, this game doesn't necessarily carry a lot of heat to it, but it's another SEC game. Vanderbilt and Kentucky, this is an opportunity for Kentucky to put on another win. They're favored by big, but this is also an opportunity for Vanderbilt to kind of do the same thing as Arkansas, kind of start to revive themselves a little bit because they started the season pretty pretty strong, to be honest with you. And, Played a South Carolina team last week pretty tight as well and tough. So let's see what kind of fight they put uh, to Kentucky because we do have Kentucky next week, so it's going to be interesting to see how easy they come off of Vanderbilt, whereas we're having to go to uh, Mississippi State team who, like I said earlier, a couple weeks ago, this back half of the season is loaded for Georgia. You're having Florida, Tennessee, at Mississippi State, at at, at, uh, Kentucky and Lexington. So you've got some pretty tough games coming up in the second half of the season that you're really going to have to take care of business if you want to get to where you want to be, which is 
obviously undefeated season's nice, but getting to that SEC championship game, being in a position to play for the college football playoff and trying to get back in the national championship game to win not only a fourth national championship for Georgia, but back-to-back national championships for the first time in the college football playoff uh, era. So that's a big one. But then one of the other big games in the SEC is Alabama and Mississippi State. No, Ole Miss. Sorry. I saw Mississippi there, and it throws me off to Mississippi schools. Anyway, you got Alabama. You got Ole Miss. I thought Ole Miss would take care of business against them last year. I picked them to upset Alabama last year. That didn't happen. But as we've seen as this season has gone on, you can't look at the games from last year and say, okay, this was a close game. This was a close game last year. Uh, it's probably going to be that again. No, this was a waxing last year where I thought I was going to sit there and eat popcorn with Lane Kiffin and say, hey, y'all, y'all did a pretty good job against Alabama. That didn't happen. Alabama steamrolled them. Now, granted, it was at home for Alabama, also a day game. Uh, well, maybe an afternoon game. Yeah, like 3.30. But regardless, now you have uh, – I think another 3.30 game as well for them in this one. But it's at Ole Miss. Maybe that helps a little bit. Yeah, 3.30. Alabama's a 12-point favorite. I'm not necessarily buying that. But this is where I think we find out, is Alabama a team who, after having to face this adversity, having two losses for the first time this early in the season since like 2010, for them to either come into this game and light a fire under them to say, hey, we're not giving up, or this is an opportunity for them to come out really flat and everybody to go, okay, maybe something is going on with the culture there at Alabama. Something's wrong. Or this could be the coming out of Ole Miss to say, hey, we're tired of being behind this team year in and year out because if Ole Miss beats Alabama this week and LSU doesn't beat Arkansas, all of a sudden it goes from, okay, we're playing LSU in the SEC Championship if we can take care of business against Mississippi State or Kentucky. All of a sudden, you got a Lane Kiffin Ole Miss team coming in here. Either which one at this point I'd take, even if it was Alabama, I'd still say bring it on because throughout this entire season, I've been looking forward to hoping to get either the rematch against them, but regardless, it's just to continue to play football like Georgia's doing. That's a big game. That's a big, big, big game in Oxford. Uh, Alabama Ole Miss, big matchup. Does have SEC West contention possibilities going on there. A lot has to happen moving forward because obviously Ole Miss did beat LSU, or excuse me, LSU did beat Ole Miss earlier in the season. That's the only loss that Ole Miss has, even though LSU has two losses. They're fighting one of those losses from the east side over there uh, from Tennessee. But that's a couple of the other big ones. Then I'm not going to say to sleep on this one. You got Missouri at Tennessee. It is at Tennessee. That's the good thing for Tennessee. But Missouri has so, showed so much fight over this season. Part of me does say that because of how well Missouri played against Georgia earlier in the season, but week in and week out, watching Missouri play football the way that they played against Kentucky last week, they are a scrappy football team. Scrappy. That's all there is to it. There's an opportunity for Missouri to come into Knoxville, not necessarily upset them, but to give them a scare just like they did against Georgia. Again, luckily this game uh, is in Knoxville and it's not uh, in Columbia, Missouri. Otherwise, I'd say, hey, you, you might want to watch out, Tennessee, because this is a trap game. Just like I think this Mississippi State game, as well as the the Kentucky game next week, I think there's a there's a possibility that these games, Georgia has to come alive. They've 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 got to come out and start hard and heavy. You can't have hangovers from these past couple of weeks. And I do think Georgia comes out hot, hard and heavy, and I'm looking forward to that. Some of the other big games around the country outside of the SEC, like we were talking about, you do get USC playing on Friday. It's it's against Colorado. Shouldn't be anything. And Ohio State, Miss uh, Michigan, they couldn't have easier games to round out the season. Ohio State playing Indiana. Come on, 
Notre Dame, Navy, meh. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan, I mean, come on, Nebraska. Louisville, Clemson, that might be a pretty good football game there at 330 on ESPN. Clemson is a seven-point favorite at the house. Can they bounce back? I don't know. It's weird to look at some of the college football playoff predictions and percentages as far as moving forward to see who some of these teams have a chance to still be in, and I think Clemson's still at like a 30 or 31%. It's like, how is that? But then you look, and it's like they're playing ACC. They win the ACC, a one-loss team to a Notre Dame team who's now in the top 25. How, I don't know. But regardless, they're in the top 25. If they win out, all of a sudden you go, okay, that's an ACC champion over there who's got one loss to a Notre Dame team who, if they continue to win, they move them up in the rankings. All of a sudden it's like they got a top 25 loss. So it's not it's not that bad. I don't know. I, uh, Clemson's defense is still not bad to me, but their offense is not good. Not good at all. Uh, Maryland at Penn State, maybe a trap game there. Penn State is a 10-point favorite there. UCF and Tulane. It's a top 25 matchup. Another big one over here in Eugene this weekend. You got number 25, Washington, traveling up to, down to. It's kind of all right there together. Uh, number six, Oregon. Oregon is a 13-point favorite week in and week out. I talk about this every week. We want Oregon to succeed every single week moving forward. Another big one here, number 19, Kansas, traveling to Baylor. Both teams, six and three. Baylor not ranked here. Baylor is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Biggest game of the weekend. One of the biggest games of the weekend in college football. With exception, I still think Alabama and Ole Miss is a big one. Again, a lot to determine what's going to happen in the SEC West, but this is a really big one. has college football playoff implications for one team at least. I don't think Texas is getting back in the mix as far as that goes as a three-loss team. But you got number four, TCU, undefeated 9-0, and traveling to number 18, 6-3 and three, Texas. Texas is a six-point fa- or seven-point favorite. They're touchdown favorite in this one. Just like this past week, when Georgia had a – it dropped all the way to like seven and a half. Before this game happened on Saturday, that number jumped all the way back to nine. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see this line change a little bit. Something that I've kind of noticed with TCU is the games that they're in and they're having a little bit of a tougher fight, they're playing against teams who do not and are not playing with a starting quarterback, whether he was hurt, got hurt in the game, was taken out, whatever the situation was. They're playing against backup quarterbacks. If Quinn Ewers is healthy and playing in this football game – I don't think TCU stands a chance. This is a night game on ABC, ABC at 7.30 in Austin, Texas. This is a game, we're going to get to the picks here in a minute, that TCU either has to show up and show out and prove, okay, hey, we deserve to be in the top 25. We deserve to be in the top four in playoff conversation. They still got a couple more tough games, but this is the start. This is their biggest test of the season right here. If you take care of Texas, I may consider you to be that top four team and truly deserving of playing for a college football playoff spot. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, North Carolina, Wake Forest, FSU, and Syracuse, that's a big one. Big win for FSU, jumping into that top 25 of the college football playoff this season at 23. A big game on the road to Syracuse. Syracuse, Big Horns, they look really good starting the season and have fallen by the wayside over the past few weeks. Went from undefeated to all of a sudden 6-3, and three, three losses racking up really quickly. FSU a seven-point favorite on the road. Um, Arizona, UCLA, that's really the biggest games around the country. Let's kind of look at some of the weekly picks that I did decide to put up for us. I finally got the graphic to pull up. This is what I got on the week 11 picks. Georgia over Mississippi State. I did not go with that 18 or 16-point line. Again, it's cold. It's a really cold game to start the season, or start the season, to to play this weekend. We're on the road. Um, I feel like Georgia should cover it. Again, I picked it 38-10. to 10. I feel like Georgia will cover that. But uh, I've done much better not picking Georgia to have to worry about a spread 
and every time in the past that I've used or picked the spread for Georgia, it just didn't really work out for me. Uh, and Georgia also played those games much closer than they should have. So I'm just going to put them up there. I think Georgia wins the game. Then I got Missouri at Tennessee, but I think Missouri keeps that within 20 and a half. I don't see Tennessee taking uh, that big of a lead and, and beating them by 20 and a half. Granted, again, it's at, it's at home. It's a lunchtime kick. This is not a 3.30 kick. It's not a night game. Um, if this game was at Missouri at night, I'd definitely take Missouri in those points because they play so well at home, especially in those night games. Heck, they played good against uh, Kentucky. I don't remember. I think that was in Missouri. But regardless, uh, that was a day game. So, But regardless, I, I think Tennessee still wins this football game. But give me Missouri in those points plus 20 and a half in this one. I think it's closer than that. And, and Alabama to Ole Miss. I'm not picking a winner in this one. Again, I just don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really know who's going to win this football game. It, again, it depends. Does Alabama come out flat? Do they come out reeling after these past losses that they've taken? Does Ole Miss show up and show out? I don't know. It's going to take that uh, more than likely for Ole Miss to win this football game because, again, Alabama's not a bad football team. There's a reason they're still in the top ten. There's a reason they're ranked ninth because the committee's not putting them out yet. They can still win out, and some stuff can happen between the LSU and Ole Miss to all of a sudden put them back in the mix. Now, making the college football playoff, I, I don't see that happening unless just all hell breaks loose in the top top ten. That's what's got to happen, especially in those top four teams. So, But not really going to pick a winner in this one because I just don't know. But I do think Ole Miss keeps it within 12 regardless. Alabama's a 12-point favorite. I think Ole Miss can at least keep it within 12 even if they don't win the football game, you keep it within 12, that's a win. TCU at Texas, this is what I was talking about with the picks right here. There's a reason this line's at seven, Texas' way. There's a reason. And, again, I think Quinn Ewers, if he's healthy in this football game, that's a, that's a heck of an athlete right there, heck of a quarterback. And I think, uh, again, if he's healthy against Alabama for that entire game, Alabama lost that football game. That's the crazy thing. Alabama's just a few plays away from having four losses this season as opposed to two. Uh, and they've they've gotten lucky on a couple of those. Again, I think Bryce Young's a really good football player, but uh, I also think Quinn Ewers is, and I think he's the difference in this game. I think he's the difference, and he's the difference to make this a seven-point win uh, for Texas. So give me the Longhorns and the upset over TCU, uh, and I'll take those points there, minus seven in that uh, as well. So last week, four and two. Let's see if we can rebound overall 38-29-2 so far on the season. Yeah, we could do better. We could do a little better than we have. Um but regardless, I don't feel too bad about it. Don't feel too bad about it. I'm excited to see the dogs play against Mississippi State. We got a night game. It's not at home. It's not necessarily what we wanted as far as being a home game, night game. But regardless, the dogs are at least playing football. That's all I can ask for because week in and week out, I, I'm just excited to watch Georgia play. It doesn't matter what time it is. Again, I think I'm starting to agree more with Kirby that this 330 kick stuff, looks a whole lot more pleasing uh, than those late 7 o'clock kicks. And I think we're going to be sitting here going, man, is this game ever going to get here once Saturday finally does come along? Uh, but I'm looking forward to it regardless again. I think I, I think we take care of business against Mississippi State. And I'm excited to hear what Mike Leach has to say after the football game. So, But regardless, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. If you guys hadn't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go over there and check it. If you guys are watching the video, if you guys don't mind, make sure you hit that like button. Send us a comment. Send us a comment if you guys want to as well. 
We greatly, greatly appreciate that. Make sure you guys, wherever you're listening on podcasts, give us that five-star review. If you guys give us that five-star review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, uh, I'll make sure to read it on the show for you guys. I appreciate that. And the support link is in the description of this podcast as well. Wherever you guys are listening, if you guys want to support the show, hit that link and you can do that as well. Other than that, we'll check in with you guys after Georgia takes care of Mississippi State this weekend. Good dogs.